to close your eyes for a moment. Just taking a deep breath, really allowing yourself to arrive in your body and fully arrive in the space where you are. And I'm just burning some healing Lensing herbs and may the spirit from these herbs also come to where you are. So really clear the space you're in, clear anything that you know might want to hold you back from fully being yourself, your authentic, beautiful self. And I want to remind you that this is a space. I open the space for your voice and your story to be heard. That it might inspire and also be a guide or guidance for other people on their journey. And it's a place to be real and raw. So it doesn't need to be perfect. All I want is for your real and raw self to be here and to share from your heart. It's the space for your story to be heard, your voice to be heard. And like I said before, it's an intuitive, spontaneous place and space where it's just two old friends coming together and speak about life, about healing, but the deep inner work. Mm. And then I invite you to take a few last deep, deep breaths into the nose and exhaling out of the open mouth. Oh. And if you need to make any sounds, loosen your body, loosen your voice. <sighs> Taking one last deep breath. <sighs> and then you can slowly open your eyes and come back. Hmm. Mm. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Real and Raw podcast. And today I have my dear, dear friend, Katie Barbaro, with me. And I could not be more excited to get into this conversation and get you here on, on this space to share your story and that your voice is being heard. And let me just give a little introduction of Katie. So Katie is an intuitive healer and creativity doula with a background in occupational therapy, trauma-informed yoga, and improv and stand-up comedy. She is the author of Fed Up, an illustrated guide to food freedom, a cartoon-based memoir about her experience 
recovering from disordered eating and discovering her true self, creativity and spirituality on the other side. In the book, she quite literally illustrates her own process of shining light into the darkest areas of life in the hopes of guiding others to liberate themselves from whatever is holding them back from being their truest selves. Wow, beautiful. Welcome, welcome, Katie. How Thank are you, you today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. It was such a lovely way to start um, with that centering meditation. I love that mm, so much. I feel yeah. like every podcast should start with that, like every in, in general, right? <laughs> the quality right? of podcasts would just, yeah, get pumped up. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's like how I start every time. It's like to really tune in, to get into the zone and like really arrive in the space, right? To not just be like, yeah. oh, wow, yeah, let's get started. So, yeah. I'm glad you appreciated mm-hmm. that. For the for obviously the listeners, you're not going to hear that because I'm not, I'm going to actually cut that out. <laughs> oh really? That's so funny. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think that sh- would be great for listeners oh. too. Oh, maybe. or should I? Maybe I can just. I mean, oh my god, let's. Oh, I should try this. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Yeah, because then they can like also unless they're driving. If you're driving, I hope right? You do that. that is so true. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that idea. I didn't think about that. You see new ideas are being birthed. Like here she is, the creativity doula. There we are already. (laughs) I love it so much. I love that so much. (laughs) Wow. So Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you? What do you do? Yes. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. I'm physically in the world. I'm in Park City, Utah right now. Um, I've been here for about a year and a half. Mm. Um, And that was, yeah, like the decision to come to the States was around publishing my book. I wanted to be here. And I told my partner he could pick where we lived and he picked Park City, Utah. I'd never been here Mm. before. Um, But yeah, it's been an interesting journey in these past, in this past year and a half. I've actually um, become the director of this co-working space that I'm physically in right now, which oh, is wow. cool because it has these, you know, it's an amazing space with all these resources, but also the community, um, that's here is, uh, really, yeah, it's, it's like, I didn't expect myself to ever have a job like this but it actually Mm. is very enriching in some ways like I don't know how long I'll be here doing this but it feels like it's been a good um step on my path Mm. beautiful yeah so I've sort of taken a step away from um doing my more like intuitive healing sessions I still do them sometimes but they're like yeah and honestly like I'm at this juncture where I probably want to get back to doing more of that because it feels like um a more complete um embodiment of my soul's Mm. calling Mm. yeah but being here also feels like it's aligned with my purpose in a lot of ways so yeah That's beautiful. And I mean, I love that you're like in this professional setting in a podcast studio. Like, I, know. I mean, who has that? Like, right? Right. Just like these padded walls. It's great. If you get angry, I just like come in here. I come in here and cry sometimes. It's really oh my good. God. I, yeah, right. 
it's like this womb-like space just to oh wow right oh my god (laughs) that's amazing and you can just bring some pillows if you're mad or something you just oh yeah there's like pillows it's it's so nice oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I think every workspace should have a cry room (laughs) it totally oh my god totally Uh, wow I'm so happy you know I I love these podcasts because I really get to reconnect with so many beautiful women that I have met many years ago and it's like this perfect beautiful way to reconnect and and I was just saying the other day to one of my friends I feel like most of the women that I invite into this podcast are women I've met in Bali so it's like well (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Like we met like three, no, yes. No. Three and a half years ago. Yes. In Bali. And um, yeah, I feel like we, we clicked like instantly. And I remember like being at this, this opening party and we're like both just looking at each other like, yeah. And not quite yet. Not quite, not really. Right. So it was quite interesting. I don't know that. Don't you, don't you remember that? I remember we were at this the opening party of the Bali Spirit Fest and we were there yes. at the yoga bar <laughs> and then we were like looking at each other like yeah it's amazing but then like yeah but I there's something I don't quite feel <laughs> no yeah we're like just both looking at each other yeah I, I kind of know what you mean like we we're totally getting each other <laughs> yeah exactly and then we like basically found the thing we were both looking for like in the event but like it, with each other exactly exactly oh, so amazing <laughs> yeah there's like this really like when I met you I was like oh there's just this immediate recognition of you and like the yeah. you know like yeah like you're you're so free with your joy and expression and it's like really rare to find people who can mm. like tap into that mm. so freely and so it was like oh what a nice feeling to be around you (laughs) yeah that's the kind of you to say thank you (laughs) I I appreciate that but yeah enough about me like I want to know about you so yeah you said you published your book that was one year ago right or one and a half years ago yeah just about a year ago right yeah yeah oh my god and how has that been and like Actually, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about the book and you can also even like go further deeper into, you know, what it is about, why you had the idea and inspiration to write that book. Yes. So it's um, the book is called Fed Up, an Illustrated Guide to Food Freedom. I actually have a copy. So if someone's listening to it on video, you could see it, what it looks like. Um, it's very, it's so beautiful. It's it's all handwritten and illustrated and by you, right? By me. Yes. (laughs) Um, oh my God. I love it. And yeah, it's kind of like a little, um, window into my brain. It's like a, uh, I don't know, like a snapshot of like a diary kind of feeling it's, you know, linear though. You can follow, um, the layers of like uncovering, but basically it's about my recovery journey from Mm -hmm. disordered eating. I was bulimic for, um, a chunk of time, which I was actually quite grateful for because before that I had been 
restricting my eating and my, I was over-exercising and I was like counting calories obsessively. And there was this mental prison that I kind of constructed around my body. Uh, and I was not aware that that was detrimental to me. I w- it's very normalized in our culture to be very obsessed with our bodies mm. and food intake and, um, you know, trying to eat in a certain way to achieve whatever ends. And it could be like, uh, you know, there's, it's, I like to say, it's not really about um, the behaviors themselves, but the motivation behind them. So if mm-hmm. there's inner violence in making a certain choice, even if it's a healthy choice, like I'm choosing this salad Oh, it's because like, I think I'm like disgusting and I need to Mm. lose 10 pounds or whatever it is. And so, um, the process of going through recovery and like really shining a light on every layer of my experience, um, like, and every layer of my programming that was telling me to think certain ways and do Mm. certain things was, super eye-opening and um part of my recovery I worked at oh, sorry do you see my little I like I did not do that my my iPad likes to um affirm me sometimes so it's like really yes you're right exactly it was actually so perfectly fitting yeah they're like thank you yeah thanks for saying um it might happen more times I do not control it um I wish I would do a heart, but I don't know how right? that on purpose. I would have to poke it. Um, but yes, so it was, yeah, I mean, it's funny when I sat down, I felt pregnant with a book specifically related to writing this book. And I, I, part of me felt like, okay, this solo journey that I took on, which I met you in Bali, like that was what an enriching amazing time of discovery. And I thought I was going to be writing a book about that. And then as I sat down to write, I realized, wait, this, this journey, um, and connecting more deeply with myself through my recovery and healing was what enabled that journey to even happen. So I was like, this is the, um, the journey I need to write about first. And it was really amazing to go through this process because you know, speaking about bulimia specifically, I like to kind of look at the energetic significance behind the, the diagnosis, right? It's not just like, oh, I hate myself. There's actually Mm -hmm. layers of it where that was, that was my attempt to bring myself home in some ways. And it eventually worked. It was maladaptive, obviously in the moment, Mm -hmm. but it was like this symptomatic, example of like, Hey, this is a mirror telling me that you are refusing to digest your life. And, mm -hmm, and, you know, just recovering from it was one thing, but then actually telling the story of it and making meaning and processing the nitty gritty and like, just feeling like, you know, holding myself in love in every single twist and turn of that journey was super powerful and was my process of digesting my life on a more complete level. And it's interesting because like 
after writing that book, I feel like I released a lot of it where that story doesn't have to live in my physical body anymore. I can actually hold it in my hands and share it with people, which I'm very happy to do. And it feels like, so like, whoa, what a gift that I can just like, you know, like (laughs) share that story, which feels actually really important. Like it felt the reason I was holding onto it still, it feels like, okay, I lived through this and Mm. I like so many people have experiences that are similar and like, why not? Yeah. Share this. Mm. Um, but instead of having it live in my physical body, which as you know, like that's how we store Mm. like the incomplete stories and like, you know, gets stuck energetically inside of us. It's like, okay, I birthed this thing and it can be, um, yeah shared in this way that isn't doesn't feel as personal every single time right yeah and it feels like because I feel like you know we all that we we go through in life you know a lot of times we always talk about letting go releasing but in the end it's not that it's like we'll all it will always be a part of our lives but like using it to create something like to alchemize actually that shadow into gold (laughs) or into an actual book and so it's like yeah I can really feel like that was like was was that actually like a lot of the healing process or like I mean obviously you already had like you were going through a lot of healing before but do you feel like that that was like the ultimate like healing process to kind of like close that chapter I mean close it in a way of like now it feels like yeah it's it's yeah it doesn't feel like sticky anymore right yes that's like a really I love the imagery of the alchemizing like turning turning the pain into gold like it really and, and I would say that on a micro level like the healing process really did happen like it wasn't like I just sat down and wrote this book like I had been journaling about this for years and like drawing cartoons about it and like posting them on Instagram sometimes you know Mm -hmm. or like and that's kind of where the idea came from from a friend who was like sounds like you need a book deal because I was just like I need to let this out more um but the processing of that those experiences you know it doesn't mean that you would have to write a book and publish it necessarily like to do that and let go of it but it did require a lot of um yeah just like uh um, an alchemization and then also um I don't know I don't know if that's a word alchemy is probably the word (laughs) (laughs) we're just making up new words it's fine um but yes like you know, even like what propelled me into that year of solo travel was also like reclaiming some of my energy from this disease and from this, like, you know, huge energy suck. And, and then like actually asking myself, what are my values and what would I want to do with my life? Like what feels like it's next when I'm listening to my higher guidance, as opposed Mm -hmm. to my disordered food brain. And so I would say like, the entire process was about that alchemy. And I would also say writing this book was kind of the final 
push that makes it so that like I, cause I would wake up and be like, I've got to have, I would have this urgency to like share this story in some ways. Right. Like, or like this feeling of like, I've got to write this out. I have to like keep a record of this. I have to like notice things and, and put them into words. And I don't have that kind of, um, urgency about it anymore. Like I, I'm always very happy to talk about it. Like, especially if I'm speaking with somebody who is in the weeds or like wants, you know, support in processing their own journey. Like I actually really enjoy that. And like, but it doesn't, um, yeah, it doesn't feel as alive in my body, which I wasn't right. expecting, which makes it a little hard to market, to be honest, because I was, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done talking about food mm-hmm. and body stuff. Not, not in a way where it's like, I can't, but I just don't have the motor mm. in that area yeah. anymore. Yeah. Wow. But that's actually, that's a perfect sign of that. You healed that part of yourself. Like you're not attached to that anymore. There's like no no emotional, um, like how do you say emotional baggage anymore to that? There's like this word, like yeah, like you don't feel like you're so emotionally. Oh yeah, it doesn't come right like now, but tethered to it. Yeah, or probably. Like, yeah, exactly. No, so yeah, yeah. So it does sound like it. It's a good sign, like that you have healed from that, right? And and that is amazing. And, and like you said before, like, it doesn't mean that, you know, when you go through something like that to, to alchemize it, that you need to write a book. I mean, like, I think that's, that's where actually our own medicine can come out and like that we rediscover new, new geniuses of ours that have been probably death and like, they want to just come out, like be it through music, through singing, through writing, through dancing, like whatever it is, right? And like to just, you know, express it in a way, right? Yes, yes, totally. And yeah, the way that I um, experienced that, and I talk about this really explicitly in the book, it was like my creative energy was being hijacked to be creative about how to shrink my body, how to... Mm manipulate my food intake, how to kind of like have this mad scientist calculation of like what I needed to do. And it was, it was my creative energy being funneled into that, um, disordered program, Mm -hmm. um, instead of actually just coming through in as a pure channel of, of creative energy. And so, yes, it is exactly like we are the medicine. This is not like a you have to do what I did. It's not about that, but there is like every single person has their own potent, unique keys and codes and medicine that they Mm. have to bring forward into the world. And it is the path through which healing and alchemy occurs. Exactly. Mm, yes it's like it's like the wounded healer right it's usually like the medicine we get to share in the world is actually what we had to go through like all the darkness we had to like go through and like that's what we can then use and to you know bring bring healing yeah and so because I can I I yeah I know that there are a lot of people that can actually really resonate with um with your own story 
uh, because I feel like it's a very common um, quote unquote disease. <laughs> I don't really like to call it disease. Um, but like, yeah, like how did it like, can you recall the moment it kind of like began? And when was like the turning point, point? Like what happened that it was like, okay, something needs to change? Yes, that's a great question. Um, well, okay, I have two answers because I can tell you my own personal, mm. like how it happened for me. And I will say, because this helped me to kind of conceptualize it and, right. and have more compassion for myself. I don't believe that individuals have this disease or disorder. It's really a cultural disease and our, our Western world, the default, it's not that everybody has this. Maybe some people grew up in really, you know, like very wonderful, isolated communities of self-love, but there are, (laughs) I would say that for the most part, um, this programming is, pervasive in the Western world. So diet culture, that kind of assumption that there's a value in manipulating our bodies in one way or another in exercising with the purpose of manipulating the shape of our bodies and eating in a way with the, like with an, at least part of the motivation being to control the size and shape of our bodies. And then also on top of that, um, internalized fat phobia, which Mm. even if you're not actively or consciously directing that towards other people who appear to be overweight or, or fat, like the word fat, basically the word fat being a dirty word is the problem in fat phobia. So like, if I hold that belief that like, oh, something's wrong if someone's fat or if I'm fat, like that's the seed of fat phobia that is super insidious because it also, because there's so many like logical um, explanations for why it's okay to shame fat people, even internally, just in our, the beliefs that we hold. And so, because there's like all of these, um, I mean, I really go into this in the book, but I mean, it's like, I think it's really important to contextualize this on a societal cultural level because it's not anyone's fault that they inherit this. However, if we possess these beliefs, programs, identity structures, it is our responsibility to emerge through that in purity and love and clarity and, Mm. you know, connecting more deeply to who we are. And that's just part of our path in kind of shedding all of the parts of ourselves that are not us. Right. And so just starting there, because I feel like mm, it's, yeah, it's, you know, an invitation. It's an invitation to say like, even if you don't have an eating disorder and for me, not having had an eating disorder, according to the DSM five or whatever diagnostic criteria exist for eating disorders also made me feel like I wasn't sick enough to address it. Like I wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a problem big enough to look at. And when I feel like when people are at that level of like, it's manageable, it's just how I do things. Like 
there's so much more freedom available that isn't actually like um maximized or something like that like um like kind of just settling for being like good good enough or like this is fine I'm not hurting myself too much like it's um yeah so I I guess to answer the question more personally like no one has ever told me no one ever told me that I was chubby or fat or anything like that like I didn't have any um direct experiences of that. However, I felt like my body was too big my whole life. And some of that, I believe I inherited from my mom who believe was always trying to shrink her body Mm. and would make kind of like self-deprecating comments around her body. And she would always reassure me when I felt that way about my body, but I didn't really believe her because, you know, kids do what you, kids do what you do, not what you say, you know, it's not like, yeah. um, Yeah. So it started when I was very young, just wanting, like I would fantasize about growing up and just eating cucumbers. Like, man, when I'm a grown up, I can eat whatever I want. I don't have to like, can't wait to grow up so I can have an eating disorder. Basically. Like I didn't really, it was, yeah, it was Mm -hmm. uh, wild. So it didn't start really when I was younger, but I had the thought patterns that were very much there from an early age. Mm. And then I was in college when I started, um, my little brother is a personal trainer and I was like, okay, Bruno, tell me how I can lose weight. Like, just tell me, give me the math, give me the, the, like, tell me exactly what to eat. Tell me what, how much to work out all the stuff. And he was like, okay. And he basically gave me this food plan and I would track it on a little app and I lost like 20 pounds. And it wasn't like I was overweight to begin with, but it actually started, I was watching an episode of the biggest loser with my family. And I realized I was like, Oh my gosh, this woman lost a hundred pounds and got to like where I would love to be. I only need to lose five. I mean, obviously I lost more because I was like, became addicted to it, Mm -hmm. but it was like, okay, you know, and you know, I get it. Like there's, there was a lot of like, Oh, I felt very self-confident. Like after being like, wow, I can do this. Um, so there was like, there were a lot of positive things that I got from the beginning of this journey where I was like, wow, I'm focusing on my, on my health. I feel more athletic. I ran a half marathon. I, you know, I started like eating super clean and it was on one level, it seemed really positive. And then when it came time to be like in the maintenance phase, I really struggled with that. It was really all or nothing for me. And I would binge like crazy and then feel super guilty about it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it would often come with also like drinking a lot of alcohol. It was like, I would be super restricted, like during the week or something. And then on the weekend, let go. And meanwhile, just weighing myself like twice a day, making sure like just, you know, and basing my value of how I felt about myself on that number. Mm. And so that's where that part of it really started like to trickle into my behavior from just the thoughts into behavior, into 
yeah, just the way that I organized my life. And I was quite high functioning. It wasn't like, and this is, I think, true for a lot of people who have um, these kinds of programs running. It's actually like, you're just good at doing everything. Like it's, it was like, everything was fine. I was working 40 hours a week as a pediatric occupational therapist. And I was doing comedy nights and weekends. And I had a relationship that I was like very invested in and felt like I was going to, we were going to get married and have babies. And, um, I guess Mm -hmm. another, the biggest catalyst. So it was like the theme of this period of my life was control. Like everything's under control. Mm -hmm. I might not be like, there was no softness in me really. Like Mm -hmm. there was a rejection of my tenderness and femininity and my, and my like, you know, Mm -hmm. that mm, Mm -hmm. spaciousness. But there was this organization and control and very like toxic masculinity, like way of organizing my life. And then um, my, I found out that my, my boyfriend um, was, was cheating on me and I broke up with him immediately and like felt this huge wake up call. Like, I'm so grateful for that actually. Like it's, it was probably wow, one of the biggest catalysts Mm. of my life. And it's not like catalyst life is great. It's like catalyst eating disorder gets worse. I developed bulimia. Like I started when I'd have those binging episodes, I would try to make it go away and kind of control that. Mm -hmm. And I would say when that started, I knew that something was not right. And so the whole like I knew that something had to change and I also had no idea how Mm. that was going to happen. Um, like I would make myself sticker charts to try to like not throw up or like reward myself for, I was trying to fix the problem on the level of the problem, meaning like, okay, I think if I just Mm. eat really clean, I'm not going to want to purge And, you know, I think if I go to yoga two times a day, I'll feel better. Like there were all of these like ways I was trying Mm -hmm. to manage it. I like to look at it kind of like this attempt to achieve balance by like adding more things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Super painful. (laughs) Super like. Oh yeah. I really feel for that, you know, that version of myself that was there and was trying her best, like really, really was. (sighs) And yeah. And then it started, you know, little by little, a kind of I had done The Artist's Way, which is this book by mm-hmm. Julia Cameron. Have you yeah. done, have you read that book? No, I haven't. I have been wanting to do it for so long. I haven't. Nice. One day. Well, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've done it a few times and it's, mm. it's all about connecting to your creative spirit. And right. it's like, I think the, the subtitle is like a spiritual path to creativity. Mm-hmm. And that made a a big impact on me when I, I read it and I could feel something Mm -hmm. activating, right? Like, okay, this, like this has some keys for me. Like I need to 
there's, there's something here. Right. And so that was what sort of inspired me to move to New York and pursue acting and comedy with more of my, my full-time energy. Mm. And on top of that, I started dating someone new who was very gentle and I was able to like share with him in a vulnerable way, like that I had never really shared with anyone. Like I would, I would talk about what I was going through, but not with an actual softness about it. It was like, yeah, so I'm dealing with this eating disorder, but don't worry, I've got it under control. Right. You know, it's like had this wall, right. This energetic wall of like, oh, I feel good because I'm like, I'm not hiding it, but Mm. I'm also not really being with it, (laughs) you know, super subtle. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I can feel it so deeply and it's, you know, like what, what comes up for me is that, you know, I myself didn't have an eating disorder but there's like still these like it resonates so deeply because it happened in other ways that that self-harm and like you said like it's actually that rejection of the actual softness that beautiful inner like that feminine energy and so it's just being hijacked by by the distorted wounded masculine like wanting to control and like then in that wanting to heal but controlling it again and like I just hear you so much like it's yeah it resonates so deeply and I can imagine that also like a lot of the listeners they can resonate so deeply with with what you shared yeah Mm. yeah it's yes yes it's like having grace with ourselves with every level and Mm. attempt that we're we're having it was helpful for me looking back to see even those like wounded masculine um structures that were controlling my my life and my thoughts even that was an attempt to love myself Right, right. Mm. Mm, totally. And actually also like when you can see now, like in that it sounds as, as bad as it sounds, like what is the actual the positive of positive of that? Like the 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 kind of determination that you have within. Like if you want something, you can make it, you know, like you know, when you were saying about um that you wanted to lose that weight, like you really were totally committed. So like actually seeing the good side of it, the positive side of that, right. But then using it like differently, right. Like learning how to can't like navigate with that and like using it for something loving. Yes. Yes. It's like the way that I like to hold it or holds my direction is like I'm always open Mm. to finding a truer truth Mm. um but I'm committing to I guess like the truth or what feels Mm. true and 
you know, in certain moments, it was that disordered patterning and that felt true. Right. And then there was the emerging awareness that there's something else. And like, this Mm. is not, you do not want this to be your whole life. Right. And yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I like always knew the truth that I was jumping to, but I needed to jump off of that platform wherever I was. That was Mm. like, circulating around a certain yeah right mm-hmm. mm. and and tell us a little bit more about then actually that when you did jump to to the other <laughs> yeah play yeah so one one jump was like moving to New York and doing that right. and there was I started a blog called KDB takes a leap and that was like my oh I love that I know <laughs> So it really felt, I was like, oh, okay. You know, one of my favorite quotes in the artist's way book was leap and the net will appear. And mm. it's yeah. such a, it's such a beautiful guidepost. Um, and so, yeah, there was like this, I felt this like new energy and like, I wasn't, I wasn't in that food and body obsession as much, but I was also still, there were vestiges of it. It wasn't like it right. wasn't clear but I wasn't, um, self-harming actively, Mm. you know, and at first, and then I had a really stressful week and I relapsed and I was like, okay, so I've been in denial that this is still in the background here. And honestly, by some miracle, I was, I was writing jokes with a friend. We were just talking about our stand-up material. And I was like, yeah, I'm working on some, I would talk about this on stage. Like I would, I would talk about it a lot. So I told her, I was like, I'm working on my bulimia material. And she was like, oh my gosh, sorry. She's like, oh my gosh, are you, are you in OA? And I had no idea what that was. And it's, I was like, what is OA? She's like, I'm in OA. It's like Overeaters Anonymous. So it's kind of like Alcoholics Anonymous, but for people who struggle with overeating and, and it's not just about over, it's basically struggle with having a tenuous relationship with food. Right. Right. And, um, and when she said that, cause I was, I was in this like relapse phase and I was actively looking for programs and they were all like so expensive. And I'm like, Oh, I guess like, right. I, and I always have this like really stubborn, like inner voice that I'm like, Oh, I really need to, to like trust who I'm working with. Otherwise I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to feel like someone else is trying to, you know, it was a control thing still probably, but it was like, (laughs) I wasn't ready to surrender on that huge level yet, but I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, wow, Katie, like you just asked the universe for like, can I go into recovery, but like for free, (laughs) you know, it was like, I was just like, I don't really want to take like a month out of my life to go to rehab right now, even though like that probably is a really wonderful path for some people and for, could have been great for me, but it was just like, Mm. oh, when I heard that, I was like, okay, this sounds scary, but I, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Like, I'm going to start going to these meetings and yeah. So for several months I would go to meetings. The first meeting I went to there was this woman who'd been in that room for a year and she was sharing her story about she had been bulimic 
and her, her fiance at the time was like, you know, I cannot watch you kill yourself like this. Mm. And she started coming to OA and she was sober or abstinent from that behavior for a year. And she was like about to get married and she was feeling this, like, just, I could just feel the genuine gratitude. That's really what I felt in the rooms was like this gratitude for life. And it's like, wow. Okay. There's something more than these rigid behaviors that I've been like holding on to. There's, you know, um, and I didn't really, you know, they all talked about like trusting in your higher power. And I didn't, I knew what they were talking about. And I was also like, wow, I have a wounded relationship with God from my Catholic upbringing, but I'm also aware that Mm. that doesn't feel totally correct either. And, you know, I kept being in the rooms, I was looking for a sponsor again, not wanting to surrender control and have a sponsor that I was working with for a long time. And then again, I had a relapse that just brought me back to my own powerlessness. And, and it's not my powerless, like powerlessness, like my being isn't powerless, but right. my, that program is absolutely right. powerless. Mm. And So that was every time I relapsed, it was like, okay, wow. I needed this humbling experience to like have the willingness and the willingness is really the key Mm. to find your own willingness to, um, surrender more deeply or, and, and again, the surrender is the self surrendering Mm. to the higher self and so I started working then with a, with the sponsor who took me through the steps. Cause up till that point I had been in the rooms, but okay. I hadn't worked the 12 steps. And that was like, what something really clicked there. And I felt like I had a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. of realizing what my higher power was and how my higher power had actually been with me this whole time. And yeah. And I was like, okay, this is important. And I don't care what it takes. Mm. I don't care how embarrassed I feel to like apologize to people in my life that I've hurt, but I'm wanting to move in this direction and, you know, and, and working through the steps was really a huge part of like what helped me stabilize in recovery. Like I have not relapsed since that time, but I'm not saying that with any ounce of like (laughs) arrogance, like it's, but it's, it's really through that path of surrender and humility. And I'm not going to be fooled by that temptation Mm. anymore. Mm. Even though the temptation came a lot, like (laughs) in the process Mm. of, of healing, but yeah, it was, yeah. Wow. And, and that was how long ago and, and how much time were you in that program? That was in 20, 
2017, like the beginning of 2017. So almost, yeah, I would, I would say it was like six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then I was, and then of course, like there's so many layers of this stuff too. So like I, my, um, my sponsor actually passed away suddenly right after we had worked through the steps and that was like kind of jarring for me. Wow. And I continued supporting people in the program, but it felt like it was a lot for some, like there were ways also like, you know, I'm so grateful for that program, like eternally. And there was this kind of another itchy feeling like more freedom is possible too. Mm -hmm. Cause with my recovery, I was kind of back on a very, um, structured way of eating right which was exactly what I needed at the time to surrender the yeah my plan and surrender to a nutritionist basically um but then like intuitive eating came into my awareness like later in 2017 and so it's probably in OA like really regularly for a little over a year and then kind of less less regularly for the following year and I was really diving into intuitive eating um and the principles around that like okay like this idea of coming into trusting my body mm-hmm. as the wisdom keeper right and that was like next level for me because it was the first leg of my recovery was about surrendering any kind of control because I felt, I felt completely untrustworthy Mm. when left to my own devices. Wow. And then starting to come into the possibility of regaining trust with my, with my body Mm. and seeing through even more of those like beliefs that I held and like the patterns, like really diving into how that feeling of addiction is created from an initial feeling of deprivation. So Mm -hmm. feeling emotionally or physically deprived of certain foods or food groups, or, um, even if I'm just telling myself like, oh, I can't have that slice of pizza because it's bad there's a charge around it. Right. And so it was a very physical process for me to like dissolve that charge, but not with the intention of harming myself with the intention of coming into neutrality around all food. Mm. And that was a really big mm. part of the process. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And that's why I was like, I have to write a book. <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> oh, because like- yeah. Like, like what you just said, like that, like I wasn't so aware of that, but it's like, you know, like going from that being so controlling, but then in the, in the program afterwards, like still being in a structure to then going to trusting in your body, like, wow, that is like a huge step, right. Of like fully trusting that wisdom because before it's like, it wasn't there. Right. Like there was like this, this dissociation, like of body and how you feel with your body and suddenly like giving yourself permission to to trust and to listen yes. 
totally. And this feels like a really, um, like appropriate segue into <laughs> which something that we, I know I, I mentioned to you what I'm mm. going through right now. Yeah. Mm. A couple months ago, I was diagnosed with, um, cervical dysplasia. So abnormal cells growing on my cervix and the healing process for that. I mean, it's essentially another message from my body saying, Hey, like listen a little deeper, like sink Mm. a little bit deeper into your, like who you are. And, um, Yeah. And it's sort of taking this, it's not like, you know, there's this temptation of the mind, like, oh man, like I've been through this already, but it's just like, oh no, there's just more, there's just an infinite amount of more. And anytime you think you're done, like that's when you're furthest away from me. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So (sighs) like, great. Thank you for the humbling message. Like, and, and yeah, so it just, it feels like an extension of this, like trusting in my body's wisdom. Like there's probably ways that I've been holding, especially around sexuality and around, you know, relationships and, um, my boundaries and, you know, it's yeah. An ever unfolding process. Right. Oh, wow. And and I was just actually going to like, yeah, like you were just going into this, into this topic. And like, if you want to like share a little bit more how that is going or like, how, how, how is that healing? Like what approach are you actually taking there? Yes, I'd love to. And I'm looking at the time, like if I'm like, okay. it might, be, it could be Don't another worry, podcast. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have, we've got like 15 more minutes or so. Yes, yes, yes. No, we're good. Yeah, okay. it's okay. Don't worry. Um, you just share. <laughs> there's no wor- there's no worries. Um yeah, so this was another like getting that diagnosis. Um first of all, there's not a lot of information that you get from right. the doctor. The diagnosis is like quite helpful. Um I, they didn't even tell me the name of what I had other than s- dysplasia. And then when I called to make another appointment, they're like, oh yeah, it looks like you have sin too, which is like, there's, um, different grades of cervical dysplasia. So if you have an abnormal pap smear, there's a chance that it's completely benign, nothing to worry about. Right. And then there's different grades of abnormality. So there's mm-hmm. sin one, sin two, sin three, um, and then it's pre-cancer and then stage zero, um, cervical cancer. So, and it's so funny. I went in there and the doctor was like, don't worry. You don't have cancer. You don't have cancer. I'm like, I've never heard a doctor say cancer so many times to me at an appointment. Like, should I, I didn't think I had cancer. Now you're telling me like you're right on the C word, like crazy. Um, so yeah, it was so part of, um, when I, when I received the diagnosis, I actually shared about it with a coach that I'm working with. And I'm so grateful that this, this was like day of, I got the diagnosis. I had a session with this, um, with my coach and then she recommended Danelle, um, Barbara, she's gone by different names, but Danelle, Barbara, you can find her on Instagram at, at, uh, cervical wellness. Yeah. I think is her handle. You'll find it. If you type in cervical wellness, Danelle's like (laughs) the one. Um, 
And I hope um, to get her ones on my podcast. Like <laughs> so. she will. Do you want me to? I'll reach out to her. <laughs> I'll just tell her. <laughs> we'll talk we'll talk afterwards but I will uh, I'm sure she would be really happy too and Mm -hmm. actually that's how a lot of people found out about her work which I think is amazing yes um you know just spreading this talking about this is such a big deal it's such a big deal because no one ever taught me about this part of like I knew I would get pap smears but I didn't know what even that was and like what the cervix was. And like, so a huge part of this is just educating myself about my womb and my, my cervix, my body. And yeah. And so at this stage of the diagnosis, um, the Western medical system, it advises to like have surgery, basically it's called a leap procedure just chop off chop oh. off their heads like chop off the face of your cervix oh <laughs> or God. some cells on it and mm. you know the fact maybe sometimes that is like that may be the right intervention for some people in some cir- circumstances it's right. not like that that's wrong it's amazing that we have the tools and technology of western medicine but it's very much what I've learned it's called allopathic healing. So it's like focused on a certain part of the body Mm -hmm. instead of the whole system and the self generative and regenerative ability of the body to heal and to come into coherence. Mm -hmm. And so what I really loved from Danelle's approach and what I'm grateful for is she had a program starting like the week after Mm -hmm. miraculously. And it's her last time doing this kind of cohort. I was like, Okay, this oh my is God. too perfect. Like, mm. what? Um, so, yeah, just essentially the focus that I've had in this healing process is like focusing on my body's ability to heal and regenerate healthy cells and, you know, doing some lifestyle changes. One thing, I mean, along this, the lines of this conversation, making lifestyle changes around food is like, wow, this is full circle to be like, yes. Okay. I'm really going to actively avoid certain things. Again, you again? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, <laughs> you know, it's wow. It's like very full circle to be like, uh, totally to be coming from a different place and making these shifts. And I'm, I'm still not like having a restrictive diet really doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. And I'm still trying to like, I like to focus on adding things that are really nourishing for my body and like I've been taking a lot of supplements, but then there's a whole other piece where it comes to like connecting with my maternal lineage, mm-hmm. um, opening up to heal some wounds that I've inherited ancestrally or from past lives. There's so much collective healing that's happening Mm. in the womb, as you know. Um, and (laughs) there's, yeah, it's like, okay. Um, I think one of the biggest things is like not settling for diminishing my voice Mm. because it's almost like this diagnosis has brought into my awareness, like that my 
physical health depends on expressing my truth. And this has come out in like, like, like if, if, if there's like a rupture in my communication with my partner, like there's so many instances where I would just kind of brush it under the rug. Like, okay, I'm not going to try. It feels like an uphill battle to try to actually communicate my needs or my truth or what I was trying to express. And I'm like, okay, actually, no, this is the most important thing. I, I, you know, as much as I need to, to cry or to like take space or to articulate, like it's, it's worth it to get to the bottom of what is here. Yes. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> so that's the, that's wow. where I'm at right now. Wow. And it's like, it's like what you said before, you know, especially the womb, once you go there, it's like opening Pandora's box. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Look what we've got there. <laughs> And it's like what you said, it's like not just from this lifetime, it's from lifetimes before, it's from our ancestral lineage. It's like there, it's all right there. And and you like you just so beautifully said, it's like you know, your voice, it's also like directly connected, your womb to your to your to your voice. And as long as we cannot, as long as we are not able to open and share our truth, and like the the more we go and heal our womb, the more we awaken our womb, the more we can awaken our voice. And it's just like, it just goes hand in hand. And yeah. Wow. I'm so, I'm so like, I'm so sorry to hear that you had that di diagnosis, but at the same time, I'm grateful that you are going onto this journey because it's like, it's like a journey into like a whole other, wow. <laughs> dimension of like of healing and of embodiment and of just freedom yes yes that's exactly how I feel I'm like oh I needed this is my path it's like there's not really a good or bad associated with it it's like right. okay thank you for showing me what's next right, right. totally and mm. and I also love um there approach to food and I so resonate with how she calls it devotional eating and cooking and this is exactly how I connect to food and it's like I feel like that is might be for you also like a complete different layer and approach to to healing that and to actually oh, like there's yeah I, I'm super passionate about food so like, yes, I'm, like, yes. I, I, I'm so yeah this is exactly the way I I cook the way I eat and like so yeah I, I can imagine that it can be maybe it can be also like difficult or, or challenging but I I believe that it can be like the absolute way to like heal that and like have this very healthy relationship to food totally yes yeah she calls it devotional cooking vital living like right. and it's we talked a lot about like tending to the hearth and that's something that also mm -hmm. culturally is sort of lost like there is no right. hearth or like physical fire in the kitchen but there's this power in embodying our you know the nurturer in us and nurturing ourselves right 
And then also like our intention really does have the power to like structure the water in our food. Like, you know, you've probably seen those, um, the experiments with different water jars and right, that create crystalline Emoto, structures. Right? Yeah. What's that? A Dr. Emoto. Yes. Yes. Dr. Emoto. Thank you. Yes. And he basically put different words on jars and would look at them and maybe say the word every day or whatever it was. And the really high vibe words created these beautiful crystalline structures and was highly structured water, which is really Mm. good for us. And then the ones that are negative were kind of asymmetrical, distorted, like Mm -hmm. not as, um, yeah, um, beautiful. And so, like our food and our bodies are like made of water. And so our intention that we infuse into the process of cooking or just into our gratitude as we're eating. And yeah, it is a totally like different next level thing. Mm. Mm. It's so, yeah. And then eating with all the senses as well. Like I had a friend of mine, I like probably early into this journey of like watching what I was eating again, you know, there was this amazing looking pumpkin bread that was like free pastries that were just like on the counter here at work. And it was like, Oh, <laughs> like without thinking, cause I would normally just have some, I cut myself a piece and then I was like, Oh no, I can't eat it. But we did this amazing process with a friend of mine who's like, you know, you can try to just experience it through your other senses. So I was like smelling it and like touching it and looking at the exactly. little, like morsels and I was like wow it feels like I ate that (laughs) oh my god I love that yeah there's a whole like yeah the journey of food is like infinite this like tantric eating experience it's like oh exactly oh (laughs) so nice I feel like I remember being at a cafe with you where were we like and we both had this amazing beet burger and we were just like having <laughs> orgasms over this burger. We're like, this is the best thing I've ever exactly. eaten. Exactly. Oh my God. And I remember the cake we had afterwards. Oh my God. It was that chocolate and hazelnut cake. I don't know. Like it was just amazing. <laughs> oh my it's God. so good. I love it. I love oh. food. <laughs> oh my God. Me too. Oh, like for me, food literally is ceremony. It's like, it's, it's, it's a ritual. And I mean, for people who know me, like you have eaten with me, so you know how I eat. And it's just like, people always make fun of me because I so enjoy eating. I'm like making the sounds and like, it is like orgasmic. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. I, there's nothing I enjoy more than, than eating. I mean, of course I do, but like eating is one of the, the, the like, yeah, big ones. <laughs> that is it. amazing. Mm. I love it. Oh, wow. Now it's I'm like getting hungry. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, and I would like to have a burger, actually. <laughs> You're speaking of burgers. Oh, my God. Nice, juicy burger with, with caramelized onions. Uh, okay, yes. oh, I'm going gonna, gonna to stop right here. <laughs> but I actually wanted to, because we're also like actually coming to the end of the podcast. Uh, I mean, I always say this, but it's because it's so true. Like, it's always so interesting. I love to speak to like, you know, I love speaking. So I could just go on and on. But maybe we can meet for another podcast you know later on yes. another time um but but yeah like to kind of like close it up um bring it to an end like what is one of your wisdoms 
that you would like to share with the listeners, you know, be it about the, the healing journey or just anything in general about life? It's <sighs> a great question. What's coming to me right now is that you are already there, like right, right where you are right now is exactly where you're meant to be on your path. And even if there's discomfort and pain or a feeling of like uncertainty, there's this like everything that you're everything that you're wanting is is actually right here and just you know the the most powerful thing you can do is to to trust yourself and your trust your journey in this moment and yeah, and you're so loved and and the moment that you decide to trust yourself and decide to uh, just take action based on what feels truest to you, like the whole universe, everybody, it's just like coming here to support you and to like, you know, maybe it's a process of getting feedback from taking one step and then feeling like, oh, I need to course correct a little bit, but mm-hmm. every single step of the way you have a, an army of love just supporting you on your, on your journey. And there's, it's totally different than any other kind of journey where you're pushing. This is like letting yourself be carried. Hmm. Let's just let them sink in for a moment. Let's take a breath. Wow. Thank you so much, Katie, for these words and for, yeah, for sharing your story. And tell us also, how can we find you and how can we find your book? Sure. Um, On Instagram, you can find my personal account is at Katie Barb, K-A-T-I-E-B-A-R-B. And my book account is at the fed up book and the website for the book is the fed up so the fed up book.com and you can order it on amazon or on my publisher's website um yeah mm-hmm. and i'm always very like i love to connect with people around this or around any topic really so please feel free to dm me or anything if something resonated Mm. yeah Mm. thank you yeah and just about that like do you also offer like sessions or something around this topic or yeah yeah that's a really good question i do offer coaching sessions or containers it's usually based on um, I don't really advertise them, <laughs> but I do offer. So if you're interested in working together, um, yeah, send me a DM and, and it can kind of be, sometimes it's like a one-off session. Like I need to just like get clarity, like a clarity call. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I will set up like a longer term coaching container for like more accountability and, right. um, yeah. So I'm really open to exploring that. 
Mm. And yes. Beautiful. So yeah, if you want to get in touch with Katie, I'll link your um, Instagram and your website. I mean, the book website on, on the description so they can find you easily. Yay. Yay. Music. So wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. It's been so amazing to reconnect with you in this way. And um, yeah, um, I'll speak to you all soon. And thank you all for listening and um, see you in another episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.